Sie hören Sport und Musik. In a world where fans fight over whether to call it football, football, or soccer, two German men defy the odds and call it Fußball. Bringing you inside the German-American Fußball experience. And now, here are your hosts, the Schnitzel Boys. Yeah! It's like an old friend are open, isn't it? It is. It's good to see. It's, it's been forever, right? It's been a long time. I don't you know. Only I only missed one week because of the holidays, but it feels like it's I, been uh, a long time. You know, I don't always listen to it intently. You know, sometimes I'm thinking about other stuff. But whenever I do, I just am so... That guy did such a good job. <laughs> I know. We should we should get him to do new stuff. We should do another. Yeah, we should do a new one. Yeah. And uh, and bring him back. Anyway, yeah. hello, Stefan. Happy New hello. Year. Hello, Bjorn. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Uh, 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 well, uh, uh, I was going to say, what is it? Herzlichen Neuen Jahr. Frohes Neues. Frohes Neues Jahr. Where I, in the, in, the, in the Ruhrgebiet, where I'm from, people say, Frohes Neues. Frohes Neues, that makes sense. Now here's a question. In German, New Year's Eve is Silvester. Yeah. Right? What is that? Did they name it after the cat? Why is New Year's <laughs> I don't Day think, Silvester? I don't think. They're don't like, think that cat's cat. funny. Suffered suck attack. <laughs> Let's name our New Year's holiday <laughs> after that dang cat. I don't think that's it. Is that not the origin story? <laughs> I, I mean, it could might as well be because I have I don't have any I have no alternate explanation. My um, yeah, New Year's Eve is Sylvester and Sylvester uh, is a Vestaferian. And Noya is is the first. No, yeah, it makes sense to me because it's simply New Year. It's also uh, a thing that I had to get used to is that uh, here people say Happy New Year even before. So basically, um, you know, like after Christmas, you start saying Happy New Year to people, even though it's not actually the New Year yet. That is oh, not yeah, a thing. I guess, that is not like... a thing in Germany. In Germany, you say Happy New Year after and before you say Guten Rutsch. Basically. Good rutsch. Good rutsch. Good, good slide. Good slide. Good transition. Basically get in, you know, or people say, or ex again in the in the Ruhrgebiet, somebody will say, oh, come good, come good rein. You know, that get means, in, get in get, well. Like get in good, well. You know, wishing sort of a good transition, I guess, into the new year. So let me translate so, this for the Americans. Germans go to each other between the 26th and the 31st, and they're just like, don't die. No dying. Stay well, alive for the five. I days. guess, or like, you know or means? just you know, I hope, I hope you, I hope you have a good, uh, you have a good New Year's. I guess when we say here Happy New Year, we also the whole refer season. to the we refer to the transition as well. Right. It's included. The it's the new year and the transition is all kind of encompassed in this wish of a happy new year. So it's not just the new year that should be happy, but also the new year, basically, the getting into it. So However, my, in German, right. because us Germans like to be precise, so we make a distinction between the transition and the year. 
So it's engineer's you, you... mentality. It's an engineer's mentality. <laughs> Basically. So yeah. you don't wish happy new year until they until the new year is there. And then you... it's logic. I suppose. And logic I mean, in Germany is king. Uh, or as my dad would yell every three lines, logisch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, logisch. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah, logisch. Yeah, it's yeah, logisch. Yeah. Means, yeah, that's logic. That'd be like if Americans could be like, of course, that's logic. Yeah, obviously. Logic. Obviously. No, logisch, Germans, that's a German word. Logic is a German word. That's for us. In the United States, we never use the term logic. Try to think. Every I mean, now and then, if we want to be fancy, we'd be like, well, it's a logical conclusion. Yeah. <laughs> Gesundheit. Speaking of the holidays, Dankeschön. Gesundheit. Uh, I am actually 99% okay right now. But on the way out of my you family, got the COVID? I didn't get COVID, thankfully. Oof. But I picked up a little bug that was going around and I was stuck for the last few days. So I got my residuals now, I'll sneeze every now and then. And I sound a little stuffy, if that's the case. It's because yeah, I'm you're getting a over a little it. nasal. I'm, I hear a little. I hear a little nasal, nasal emphasis. Well, more like in the way, more like a little bit like this. Uh, I mean, it's logic. That's I'm exaggerating. I'm exaggerating your, exaggerate nasal, your you. nasality. Bjorn, uh, that's a logical conclusion. Actually, <laughs> that's pretty logical. So I, I came to the logical conclusion previously that you perhaps <laughs> were getting over something. Yeah, which is true. Thankfully, it wasn't COVID, but it knocked my sister and brother-in-law out. It started with my niece. She brought it from school to my sister and brother-in-law. And then my sister and brother-in-law got it. How old is she? My niece just is in the middle of fifth grade, I believe. Ah, so she changed. Oh, elementary school. Okay. So elementary school. And then and then I'm visiting them. So we were supposed to do a bunch of stuff, but they were sick. My brother-in-law mm-hmm. had to call out of work and they were in bed all day. Like it really oh, knocked cool. the whole family. And I'm only there for a few days. So I'm like, well, I'm gonna go over there and see them anyway. I'm like, I got a strong enough immune system. So I go over there and hang out <laughs> with them, and sure enough, I'm sure enough. I, I not get quite, it. not quite strong and enough. It, and it enacts itself on the day I fly back. Oh. Uh, so this is Florida. Well, I fly back to LA and I had, let's just say, I had to spend way too much uncomfortable time in the airplane bathroom, which isn't fun for anybody. Wait, this had a digestive component? Yes. There was a side effect that I had a preview of. And I'm sitting in the plane. It's a five hour flight, five hour, 20 minutes from, uh, from Florida to LA. And uh, I wasn't, the last two hours were left. I was like, hold it. No, don't hold it. So I went and like, it was not comfortable. Oof. And I think I was in there for 30 minutes. And you, and you know what it's like to be in an airplane bathroom. It's tiny. And there's yeah. probably a line of people outside waiting. Yeah. And they judge you when and you they come judge out. you. And everyone's sitting and <laughs> pointing at you. And it's while great. I was in the toilet, I heard the plane announce, just a reminder: we have two, we have two additional uh, bathrooms in the back. Of the- <laughs> oh, I thought they were like just a reminder: we have a fifteen-minute time limit. <laughs> just a reminder, they might know we have a fifteen-minute time. Just limit a reminder. Yeah. Just a reminder: you uh, don't. Your seat is your seat, yeah, your and seat not the toilet seat. seat. The yeah. Toilet seat. 
So that was a lot of fun. <laughs> Did that was you, my New uh, Year's. Oh, that sucks. I'm sorry. I'm getting, I'm getting over all that. Now. Have I'm you seen? Uh, have you seen? I mean, I guess this is actually somewhat topical because it is. It, there's German people in this. Did you see the movie Triangle of Sadness? No, I've never heard of it. What is Triangle? It's of very good. I just watched it last night. It's a. Um, um, it's sort of a. I guess a European co-production. It's by a Swedish director, and there are some some old school German actresses in it. Iris Berben, who is like a a a, a major sex symbol in my youth. Hmm. Um, Vicky Berlin is she a German person, or does she just have a name? As a I don't know name? who she is, but there's also Zuni Mellis, who also um, she is played the role school... of Chief Stu Paula, whoever that is. Oh, no, that's... Oh, Vicky Berlin. I don't know if she's German or not. No, she's... Oh, I, I remember her character. I don't know if where she's from. I had I did not know of, of her before. Anyway, the, the reason I just thought of this is that, you know, this movie is basically... It's sort of the White Lotus on, uh, like, cranked up to 11 <laughs> in terms of sort of... I mean, a lot of this movie is set on this on this uh, um, on this yacht where these this bunch of very wealthy people are vacationing on this yacht, and at some point uh, there is some some bad weather and maybe some food poisoning. Anyway, it like all combines to an absolutely apocalyptic, like I don't know how long this sequence was, but me eight ten minutes. 20 minutes i don't know but it was everyone, like one of everyone having un, just unbelievable it was like the this the saving private ryan of of vomit and diarrhea i mean it was uh so should i watch the movie or not i i think i thought it was great i really recommend right. it i thought not just because of this but that just made me think of it cool um I yeah watched... i think it's a very very good i thought it was very good oh a triangle of sadness i just heard about i've never heard of it i just heard about right woody harrelson's in it Woody Harrelson's in it. That's Iris right. Berben, yeah, Iris yeah. Berben, yeah, who is now 72 years hot. old. 72? Damn. Yeah. Uh, but she's, yeah, she's uh, um, but uh, yeah, she's, uh, so it was fun to see. Just, I mean, the cast is excellent. Uh, and yeah, it's a great, I recommend it. Uh, I, uh, I, was, I was reminded of it because of your distress. <laughs> <laughs> well, I watched, uh, Oh god, I'm about to sneeze again. Yeah, I watched a few uh, movies over the holidays. Uh, which my mom, I watched Ticket to Paradise. Do you know that one with George no. Clooney? With George Clooney and Julia Roberts? Oh yeah, I saw that. I mean, was I didn't in, see it. I, I'm aware of it. It was in theaters like a month ago, right. and now it's available free on streaming. That's not oh. a good sign. It's not a good sign. <laughs> it's and not. we knew we knew ahead of time. Like that's not a good sign. But let's watch it anyway. And my mom was probably into it. Me and my sister were just making fun of it the whole time. Poor my mom. Age Julia Roberts is old, and she has not aged super gracefully. Uh, I mean, yeah. she looks great for her age in general, but like Sandra Bullock, on the other hand, still looks exactly the same. Julia Roberts, like she hasn't been in movies in a while, and you can kind of tell why. Certain people age out a little bit. She was like, hmm. however, not to be ageist. Uh, the whole movie was ridiculous. The whole concept of the movie. Now, this is my. This goes back to my German logic brain. So, <laughs> disbelief. You were unable to suspend disbelief. No, I was. The movie manipulates you into rooting for the bad guy, hmm. and it's like no, 
the bad guys were right. <laughs> so in this movie, now you're a parent, so I want you to go yeah. through this, okay? Okay. The story goes, George Clooney and Julia Roberts are both very, very well-off, pretty old divorcees. And they have to sit next to each other at their daughter's NYU law school graduation. Or whatever one. Maybe not one of the big ones. Stanford Law School graduation or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then their daughter gets her law degree, which they paid for, by the way, at a private institute. Like NYU is the most expensive school in the world. A state state education at Ivy League prices. Something like that. And she then goes to Bali for fun. The law, the law school girl person. Law school girl and her friend, comic relief Billy Lord, played by Billy Lord, Carrie Fisher's oh. daughter. They go to Bali for fun. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the first guy she sees picking seaweed, she falls in love with, and they decide to get married uh, right away on vacation. Okay. So George Clooney and Julia Roberts. Now, so the whole premise is these divorcees who hate each other. Now have to fly to Bali and convince their daughter to not marry this random uh, seaweed farmer and go back to America and pursue her very expensive law degree that she got. So, so that's the premise. And as an audience, we're supposed to believe that that's a bad idea, and that we should root for her to stay in Bali and follow through with this marriage of this seaweed farmer that she's uh, only known for one month by the way following her heart following her heart yes and and and, and you know it's not a complicated plot they spent a lot of time together and what do you know spoilers george Clooney and julia roberts fall back in love right is that a big spoiler for anybody and that's just a rom-com <laughs> and the end of the movie is the two of them fly back home in love and their daughter begins her career as like a seaweed farmer. And she like waves them goodbye. That's the end of the movie. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Like all of that was bad. I'm rooting <laughs> for them to For win. the law degree. You, you're rooting for to her go, to be a lawyer. She has to go back to the United States because literally she's like, I'm going to be happy working the seaweed farms. She has to be in the water working 16 hours a day, picking seaweed all day. It's like, right? Or am I wrong? That's a bad decision. So what now? Now ask you, if that was your daughter, what would you do? What would Bjorn do? Well, I, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't intervene too much. I I don't, uh, I'm not that kind of a parent, I don't think. Well, how much is the law degree? Sorry, to hundred thousand dollars a year. I mean, probably. I I like it. It's three hundred thousand dollars cash at this current moment. It, at this current moment, it's it's difficult for me to imagine either of my children with a law degree. Most likely, but you can imagine they, expensive undergraduate. They could just right? skip to the seaweed part. <laughs> so your thing is convincing your children like, to go to the seaweed farms early. Skip Before, the college, yeah. Go straight to the seaweed farm, so we can skip the college. And skip nonsense. and save the, and I'll keep the law degree money. Yeah, I think that's. I'd be, I'd be all right with that. All right, that's um, probably the most sensible answer. Most sensible answer. <laughs> I don't. I mean, I'm not a. Yeah, I don't think. That actually, uh, does make the most uh, sense to me. I'm not yeah. a big. Uh, um, 
I'm not going to promote a law degree very heavily with my children. I don't think. I don't. Would see you promote that. a marriage of some guy you met two months ago in a totally no, different culture? Probably you don't not. Understand? No, probably not. If you're either. from somewhere else, a totally different culture. Um. Yeah, that also seems. Yeah, I mean, I, obviously, I'm thinking of my children very specifically, right. and like, this is not. Imagine, imagine, <laughs> imagine your child goes to Bali for fun and calls you. He's like, "Oh, I'm going to get married to a guy and stay here for the rest of my life, be a seaweed farm." I mean, what would you do? I would, I would come, I would definitely go check it out, but I would, uh, I probably with an open mind. I think I would right. have an open mind. All right. Well, you're better than George Clooney is. So. <laughs> I mean, I don't think, uh, um, uh, yeah, we don't. We probably don't have a lot in common. You and George Clooney in that movie? Maybe I think he was an architect or something. I don't know. Uh, okay. They're, they're all the same. She she ran a, the Tate Modern, that big gallery here in L.A. Oh, he okay. A, he was a superstar so architect. Yeah, fancy, and then, fancy. And she was dating this. 30 year old pilot who's really hot and the whole time we're like he can do better why is he dating this random old man guy? you're very down on julia roberts i don't know <laughs> i'm feeling a little protective here you're right i would date julia roberts too but anyway that's neither here nor there uh so hey, well, this I mean, is the schnitzel boys movie review brought to you i got by... some more i got i saw more good stuff i saw the I saw, banshees i saw the you, banshees of initial and i thought that was good yeah that's one of those things where like I'm like I should probably watch that. Right, everybody is talking about it. It's I can't think of anything more Irish. Right, it's a very Irish movie. It's very Irish. It left me sort of sad in a very specifically Irish way. Um, yeah, but that was solid. Very good acting. I saw Bullet Train today. Oh, I did too. I did too. Fun I did, movie. I, I, I saw that a bad. week ago, and I was reminded of it by Paige, my wife, earlier, and I realized that I had forgotten everything about it. Yeah, it's a quick one. You know what's I funny? enjoyed I, it. I enjoyed it. I retained. I, I I was happy to watch it. I thought it was fun, but I retained no memory of it. Whatsoever. Well, I watched it in like three sittings, and I watched mm. today making lunch. And I kept pausing, rewinding, like the whole movie. I just I had to watch it in sections, and it's a lot of information to retain, and a lot of it doesn't mean. And, and the other thing is, most of the information in the movie isn't important. Like you don't have to retain it. Right, At right, the end right. of the day, there's a bunch of people beating the crap out of each other. That's really all you need to care about. Yeah. So it's a fun movie. It's a quick movie, but you know, it's like I think, you, like you said, it's uh, forgettable. It's one of those things that you watch, but you're gonna forget. Very bright, very colorful. A lot of good actors in it. Michael Shannon, Brad. Yeah, Pitt. yeah, all fun, uh, all fun stuff. Right. Like it uh, doesn't make a whole. Like it just kind. Yeah, no. it didn't really. The whole thing anything. makes no sense. Yeah. The whole, the whole yeah. thing makes no sense. It's one of the like so I was watching. But it wasn't an episode. like it, it wasn't quite as sorry, just since this is our, our movie review episode, I would like to yeah. weigh in. Please. <laughs> and say, Please. And say that uh, um yeah, it wasn't it all wasn't quite fun enough in a in a um uh in a you know, like it wanted to be like those Tarantino movies or right. like um, Guy Ritchie, quite, yeah, or Guy Ritchie, Very or like, Guy and Ritchie. it wasn't quite up. It was, it wasn't quite, quite there. I thought. Yeah, I agree with you. It was like this is like it needs to find its own voice. It's just emulating better voices. Yeah, and if I could also be so bold, I, I like the idea of it. If, if if you gave me that movie to redo, I would have maybe changed. If I would have simplified the plot a little bit, right. I would have. I don't know what I would have done, but. um you know, 
I don't know. It was a fun movie. I like good action flicks. It was a fun movie. It's one of those. There's so many of those. It's like in Bruges. Isn't one of the, wasn't that like kind of movie like that? Yeah, it's yeah. like a bunch of. That's the same director as the uh, the Banshees of Inisherin. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Right. Actually, I've never seen it in Bruges. I think. What's the one with Clive Owen and he's a hitman and he's like uh, uh, Bugs Bunny? Is that in oh, Bruges? Uh, I don't know. There's no. so many of those movies. I don't know. I mix them all up. Don't listen to me. Anyway, I was about to talk about Abbott Elementary because when I go home, I also watch okay. a TV that I never really watch. And the reason it brought me, because it was Bullet Train, it's that thing where things get too complicated and you just have to pause and think, like, I don't buy the storyline. You know what I mean? It just gets you out of it. Right. Anyway, so there's an episode of Abbott Elementary, which is supposed to be a new fun show. I think it's from the same producers of Parks and Rec and The Office and all uh-huh. that. It's about elementary school. Have you seen it? No. It's network TV. I haven't watched network TV in years. I only watch it around the holidays now. Yeah. And my folks are watching it. So the whole premise of the episode I watched is that the principal got this new juice contract where, where, where she has all these new juices that have 5% less sugar and two more ounces per bottle. And it was a new contract. And the one teacher was like if it ain't broke don't fix it i don't know why you're doing it and she's like who cares just a new juice contract and then the whole point of the episode was all of the kids now have to pee at the same time Mm. and broke the toilets Mm. of the school because of those extra two ounces oh okay per bottle and there's a scene where there's lines of kids in the hallway having to pee and i'm just like this is a ridiculous premise (laughs) right i don't buy this premise it's not Do you logical. Buy that premise? That's not logical. <laughs> kind of logic. God. You think it's Nine. logical, but not everyone has the same size bladder. Also, kids bring food from school, from home. I don't understand Listen, the whole concept of network network comedy is hard. Like there's limited this limited topics. According to that, know, it looked really easy, actually. A lot of I the write that crap. I, I mean, a lot crap. of the, a lot of the good premises are taken. Bjorn, these know. new balls with the new rubber, it's harder <laughs> on their hands. There's rashes on all of their hands. There's lines out the nurse's office. <sighs> I could write that crap. Are you kidding me? I could make up dumb storylines that are not real. Who's, who's stopping you? Nobody. My integrity is stopping me. But other than that, nobody. <laughs> but anyway, speaking of movies speaking with a mysterious ending, oh. every day I get a message on my Facebook. And it says, discount only. Buy tickets to USA Bosnia, January 25th at the mm. Bank of California. The U.S. men's national team has two friendlies coming up in three weeks here in the L.A. area. I can go to both games. Why don't watch you go? USA are you going? I, yeah, probably. Maybe. The tickets are 20 bucks right now. So I should. In fact, I'll probably, after this thing, I'll probably go buy them. But I, I think go it's Bosnia them. and then Colombia, right? I think those are the two teams. Uh, I can figure I that out. I should be able to figure that out very quickly. I'm like actually. 99% certain that's the case. And it's at yes. the culmination. Serbia. Ser- no, it's Serbia and Colombia. Are you sure it's not Bosnia? Uh, uh, if you're seeing Serbia, that's to, Serbia. According to. Wait, what? That's not the U.S. women, is it? Maybe it's the U.S. women. No. Well, I'm, the U- I'm looking at the U.S. has two friendlies at the end of this month. US I mean, men. here at the Serbia, yeah, and at, on the 25th and the 28th, it's Serbia and Colombia, according oh, to 
MLSsoccer.com. And then you're website. right. I know. I think Bosnia was last year. I guess I got confused. I thought they played twice now. And good. So Serbia and Colombia. They used to be the same. This used to be the same uh, country. Yeah, yeah many used years. So all be oh. Yugoslavia. I, I, yeah, when I go to the game, I'll remind them that. I'll go to the bench. I'll be like, aren't you guys all Bosnians? <laughs> Don't you guys answer to Bosnians? Uh, anyway, uh, but riddle me this. Mm-hmm. Every January, we have Camp Cupcake, where, where we have the head coach get a selection of all the bright young MLS Americans together, mm-hmm. all the best. And then they train for a couple weeks in California somewhere, and then they play these two friendlies, right? Mm-hmm. Riddle me this. Who is the U.S. men's national team coach? Who is organizing this? Because it has been radio silence from U.S. soccer since the Netherlands. Oh, yeah. I guess we don't. We've heard I guess nothing. We've heard. I guess it's it's up in the Greg air. Greg Berhalter's right. contract expired yesterday. We know that. We didn't see any news about resigning. We just heard nothing. All we know is contract is expired. We know that. And today... Fabrizio Romano, Fabra, <laughs> who's like one of those Twitter heroes. He is Tom Beam. I think yeah. saying one of those one of those Twitter heroes is doing him injustice. He is the right. he's the, the Twitter hero. He has hero. Uh, uh, in I mean, a land where well, there are not a lot of heroes, in a land of darkness and uncertainty and Fab toxicity. The, he, every he now is, and then, someone shines through. And one of those men, or like you said, the man. He has completely, he's completely changed changed the game. We used to right. like puzzle over certain rumors or is this real or is it not? Now it's like if Fab says it is, it is. So the the the, the shining Twitter soccer white. Yeah, what did he say? I didn't, I don't know. I don't think I read this. He tweeted, I think three hours ago. First mm. bit of news we've heard since Netherlands. He said the US men's national team, the US Soccer Federation is reaching out to certain agents that represent certain foreign coaches. Oh. That's all we've that's all it said. So very vague, but it's something. Now, if I had to put my Hercule Poirot hat on, <laughs> I'd have to think that Benoit Blanc. Benoit, Benoit Blanc. Blanc. Thank you. Poirot, yeah. Did you see Glass <laughs> Onion, by the way? Yeah, I did. Oh, well, oh that's that good I need too. to see next. Should's good. Yeah, it's fun. I mean, uh, yeah. I love Knives Out. This is as good as Knives oh, Out. Then or is this like is, uh, it's um, it's 88% as good. All right. Well, that's good enough, I think. So I look forward to Glass Onion. But if I had to put my Benoit Blanc, is that his name? Mm-hmm. Benny Blanco from the Bronx, Carlitos way <laughs> style. Basically, yeah. One of those guys. I would say that it seems like the U.S. soccer is saying goodbye to Greg. And, or Greg was saying goodbye to him. Either way, I think Greg's probably looking at Europe or something. You know, if I had to, if I had to put money on it, he'd be in the Erste Divisie, a small Dutch club, maybe, or you know, something. Who knows? So whatever. Maybe Sweden again. Whatever. Uh, and I think the U.S. Soccer is sniffing some European coaches. I think they maybe made the decision to go European, go Europe. Uh, we haven't heard names of coaches. And it's literally, from what I understand, I think it's just Fabrizio Romano with some binoculars looking through U.S. soccer headquarters. He saw Ernie Stewart <laughs> type and transfer phone. marked. No, he typed and transfer marked dot de enter, and he clicked on available coaches. And available coaches. Bit. I think that's what Fabrizio Romano saw. 
So we tweeted out that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, who? <laughs> there, it's not obvious, right? There's no. It's no. not. Who the hell? Who? I, I mean, the last last go around, Greg Burhalter was one of of not that many pretty obvious. I mean, I some would say one of one. <laughs> I thought he was a pretty obvious. I am not, you know, like I uh, obviously a lot of, lot of people feel like this was a done deal because of nepotism and his brother. I thought he was an obvious candidate, not because of nepotism, just because he was, I thought he was an obvious candidate. Right. And uh, um, it wasn't but, crystal clear though. Four years ago, there was like, you know how sometimes when it's time for a new manager, it's like crystal clear. Everyone's like, now, now it's that guy's turn. Like when Brazil needed a new coach for years, it's been it's Chiche. Yeah. So why have how come it's been Chiche? Hansi, Hansi Flick, Hansi Flick was pretty obvious. Hansi yeah. Flick was pretty free. You know, there's 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 a lot of things where it's like that guy's next. Yeah. Uh, at the US, we didn't have that four years ago. There was no that guy's next. It was just like uh, what do we do? Should we get a Mexican coach? Should we get a European coach? One of our MLS coaches? Should it be Oscar Pereja? You know, like there's a lot of it wasn't super clear cut, and it ended up with Greg. And I thought that was fine. I, I thought it was a decent yeah. appointment. Um, and and to be clear, by the way, I did reflect on this because there's a huge Twitter spat. Not Twitter spat. There's a whole bunch of people being like, ding dong, like his contract is done. The great ding dong, the witch is dead. And uh, Greg Berhalter had almost a perfect tenure as U.S. Men's National Team coach. Like, what more was he supposed to win? Like, <laughs> I mean, like he, he yeah, won every is, title uh, they went up for. And then he took his team to the round of 16. If he got to the quarters or semis, yeah, that would have been better. They'd but that means he would have been very much punching above his weight. You know they, would I mean? have, like, they would have had to uh, punch above their weight. Build him a, build him a statue. Yeah, he's um, like, round of, yeah, was and, a round and of 16. And taking over, taking over a program that was absolutely in shambles. Like, yep. had, uh, um, yeah. Fractured locker room, no players. There was no degeneration was missing. Yeah, um, I mean, I you know lawsuits, I, uh, equal pay lawsuits. Maybe we can talk about in a bit, and like uh, other racism um, lawsuits. I think, and also I of think, yeah, people. I mean, I don't know. We'll find out, but people might miss him when he's gone. I don't know. Like people were so down on the guy, and he, I'm not sure what else he could have done. To he won uh, every title, yeah, you know, like every he won every, all the golds. He got us qualified, third place, sure. But look who won. Look at Canada. They have the worst tournament. Like at the end of the day, that doesn't really matter, does it? Uh, we learned that getting yeah, to no, the World Cup doesn't, doesn't really not. matter how. I mean, he really he he brought in he brought in some heavy hitter dual nationals, recruited right? a bunch of a bunch of good guys that weren't sure weren't sure things. Also expanded the the pool. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, won the Gold Cup with a B team, right? Uh, beat Mexico a bunch of bunch of, yeah. I mean, Perfect if this tenure. is if this is it for him, we beat yeah. Mexico at home to nothing. I think then he we has went to the Mexico best... City and tied him zero zero with Jurena. He has the run. best. Yeah. He has the best record. Yeah. The only thing, the only thing that he compares unfavorably to is that like sort of fantasy universe that a lot of Usman's national team Twitter lives in, where you know we the U.S. team blows away all of CONCACAF by double digits every time, and it's right. And it's ugly. Uh, uh, needs to play European teams to even and, get a challenge yeah. in any meaningful way. So it didn't, didn't get us to the semis. You know, didn't, right, didn't right, knock right. out Argentina. And, get and to the so, semis or 
you know, no. but that's not that's not reality. That's just imagination. And so in the real world, I think Greg Berhalter has done very well. I agree with you. Yeah. So but uh, stuff needs to happen. Like camp, camp cupcakes happening. Friendlies are happening. So news has to come soon. U.S. soccer is going to release some sort of statement. What they did release was that on Christmas Day, Kevin Payne died. Oh, yeah. Is that rest in peace, Kevin Payne, one of those early MLS U.S. soccer builders. Mm -hmm. He was an executive at, uh, for U.S. soccer for a long time, an executive at D.C. for a long time. And then uh, I think he was even an owner of D.C. United there for a bit. And then he ended up working in youth development for a long time, and he passed away recently. So rest in peace, Kevin Payne. But that's sort of been the only official communique from U.S. soccer since the World Cup is rest in peace, Kevin Payne. So, I mean, uh, I would say on the flip side – it's like there's no real rush either. Nothing's really happening. The team True. is the team is the team. It's not like uh, the task is not the same as as four years ago. It's not like there's right. a whole new a whole new roster to build, a whole new squad to find. Like this is things are in place. And if if Camp Cupcake is run by an assistant or right. Dave, uh, whatever, they could bring it back for a temporary for a couple, contract for a couple months to run sure. this camp. That'd be totally fine. There's no, it seems like it is, although we haven't heard this officially, but it seemed like, like Tyler Adams was saying that, like it's a done deal that the, the U.S. will play Copa America. In Copa America, yeah, he, he definitely mentioned it. I, it seems I hope like it's that a done is, deal. That is yeah. that is 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 close to close to official, perhaps. And what if we host and it? That'd be fun. I'd like that. All, go yeah, games? all good, okay. all good, all good stuff. And uh, but that's not until you know. It's not that's a year and a half from now. So in 2016, I went to Ecuador, Haiti, and New Jersey as part of the Copa America Centenario. Really fun game. Parking lot was full of a bunch of Ecuadorians and Haitians, and they were grilling full pigs in grocery carts. Because nice. the old grocery cart grill, you put a thing up top. Yeah, no, that's that's great. It was amazing. We went so. to Max. Max and I went to the final, but we had seats way up high. And, I remember you mentioned uh, it was a little underwhelming, but, right? Yeah, it was. I mean, we were just far, far away, so you couldn't. But you really saw tell. Leo Messi play in the final. But we say we saw Leo Leo Messi play, and he retired after that game, right? For like a couple weeks. So we were for right for for many... for a few weeks. We were like, oh, we watched uh, Messi's last final game. game for for Argentina. Well, he sure is glad he didn't do that. He didn't stick yeah. to that plan. Um, and that was uh, when him and the Argentinian Football Federation didn't get along. Well, he they kept just, calling them out of all the time. Him. They abused. Yeah. I mean, they really abused. They abused him the whole team. He just like I remember it was funny. There were stories of them like flying indirect or whatever on an airline. <laughs> you know, he like called them out for being really corrupt and organizing things very poorly. Uh, and shocking. he's probably not shocking. incorrect. Yeah, shocking. Right. These football. Yeah, these yeah. FAs. Being... <laughs> That's just crazy. Um, yeah. Anyway, so no real rush. Like if if they take a couple months. Uh, to figure this out, that's totally fine. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'm with you. What's likely is to give some sort of interim or something to do the month, and then we'll move on from there. Maybe maybe they'll wait till the summertime. Who knows? But maybe, but just maybe keep your eyes if they can't some... find if they can't find um, anybody now that they like, they could give Greg another year or something. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, 
waiting for the summertime makes sense because that's where you can pick up like a prem manager who got sacked. You right. know, it's just it's uh, just right now it's not a super it's not a super exciting job for somebody to take because there's nothing going on really for for, uh, for well a couple tournaments for, yeah for quite some time yeah for for because quite a no while qualifiers there's no uh, and and yeah and like I said it's not it's not like there's a lot of work to be done recruiting or building the squad it's like the team's the team. Yeah, all they have to do for the next four years is just bring in the next young whippersnappers that clubs figure out. So like nationally, you know, yeah, like yeah, the yeah. next, yeah, I don't know, like Taylor Booth, someone like that. You're, you're these young guys who are next, you know. And then maybe, you know, for crying out loud, get Joe Scally a little more involved and maybe Joe Lane a little more involved and stuff Joe's, like that. Yeah. yeah. Joe Scally, just I read I read some in, an interview with him with him basically he was a little salty about his complete lack of playing time. He yeah. said some something along the lines of if you play a lot of minutes in the Bundesliga, you expect to get a chance. But yeah. Well no, he, Joe Scali is some. Joe Scali is from the same cloth as Giorena, you know. They both they've old friends. They knew each other in the academy where they probably were the best. They went to Germany, two really big clubs, and Borussia Dortmund and Borussia Mönchengladbach. And as young teenagers, benched vets and took their spots. You know what I mean? That's health. That's good. Those are two good players who did that. And and then for them to look at the United States Soccer Federation, and then those people have no space for them, I would be salty too. Like, what do you mean there's no space? Like, what do you mean there's no minutes for me? I, I benched Stefan Leiner. I can't bench DeAndre Yedlin. You know, I don't know. Maybe that's just me. <laughs> come and come, yeah. You, you, and Joe are on the same on the same wavelength. <laughs> you know, there's something to that. No, right? I mean, I agree that I, I, I. If you had asked me uh, to put some money on Shaq Moore or Joe Scally getting more minutes at the World Cup, I would have probably put my money on Joe. Although, on the other hand, if, it was kind of he was kind of a bubble guy to even make the squad, right? Because him and him and, and Greg were were not super tight, and he had some iffy performances. Joe Scally, um, Joe Scally did uh, when well, he, when he played, and and that's the but that's so he wasn't Greg. like. I think Greg just didn't like his attitude. I think that's what I'm saying. It's for the same cloth. Yeah, he, he criticized him being maybe a little too cocky, just like Geo. He didn't like Geo's attitude. But during during the Japan Saudi Arabia friendlies, Joe Scally was like the only bright light of that. Of those matches. That's true. Remember, yeah, that is he played true. Well. I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was I our mean, last he's break. Gonna, the he's so. going to, he's going to, he's going to play. I mean, he's very young, you know, he's like uh, yeah. 20, 19, 20 years old. Yeah. And that's what we need for this new coach, new favorites, or whatever, you know. That's maybe why they want to go European to lean into it's the like Hunzi, It's like it. Hunzi Flick, hopefully, has gotten a chance to know the other players and is not right. just going to, not play just going to yeah. play his Bayern guys in the future. Maybe, uh, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, 100%. That's going to be interesting to see, this coaching situation. I mean, there's really – I couldn't even – like, who are these European I people? I couldn't even come up with a name. I'm in the to, same boat. I mean, if someone says, like, you have a blank check to hire anybody, I'm just like, I don't know. A decent my, – my list would be this. Uh, 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 I mean – We did Greg right. Like, remember I mentioned, like, Greg was the anti-Klinsman, and we needed that. We needed a very nerdy, logical, X and O's analyst to make strong decisions to a T and to be tactical. Like, that's what Greg was. He did that. I'm glad we did that. 
Now what we need next is we need that old school hard-headed European caretaker manager who's very is a little simpler. He's not he's not he's not a pep. I wouldn't take pep. Uh I would take I know this is weird. <laughs> I'm sure they say it. I'd take like a Harry Redknapp or a Roy Hodgson 20 years ago. Not now. Not now. <laughs> 20 years like, like just some no nonsense dude who wow. who understands okay. high level of play, who doesn't tactical himself out of a game. It's not enough. It's not enough that we have we get all the mediocre British announcers. Now we got to get the mediocre <laughs> British Matt coaches as well. Okay, so that's why I want to remove names. <laughs> what what we should get for the sake of why not because we haven't done this is a pretty experienced and proven week in week out top flight European manager, but preferably wants, the English Premier League because but who that's wants the, the job? Who know. wants that? Who wants that job? I don't know. Uh, like, who could you get? I mean, you know, I think, this is my you know, long, long term, long term, I think, you know, Carlo Ancelotti has these like Canada that's my, that's what I was connections. And so at some point you can imagine him, but like he's not, not now. He's not leaving Real Madrid now. But that's my dream, um, Carlo Ancelotti. That's in, the, that's in the, he'd be great. And that's yeah. in the, but that's, I mean, that's sort of, it's in the future, but that is plausible on some level, perhaps as a, but I'm now, soured I mean, on who Roberto is... Martinez, which was everyone's top choice, including mine. Oh my god! I'm pretty soured on it because it's like you know what? He was in charge of Belgium, which had incredible players, and he for really, two tournaments, yeah. and it was very disappointing. I think he's. Not, I don't think he's a great. Uh, I I don't rate him very highly. Like the um, U.S. did better than Belgium this time, right? Am I wrong? Yeah, no, and he has equal. He, like, he did not do very well with this uh, with what he had, and no, I'm not a. I'm not a. I'm not a fan of his. Um, but how yeah, about this? I mean, who, how else about this? Would, who else would want the David job? David Moyes. David Moyes. How about that? I'm all about My David God. Moyes. I think have we done this before? He's been doing well with West Ham. Or am I wrong? He's West Not Ham this is in year. good shape. Not this Last... Well, that's it. Let's say they sack him. I would hire David Moyes in a heartbeat. And I'm sure and he wants the job. He David Moyes before. Could not couldn't name like more than three players on the team. He'll learn. But David Moyes is perfect because he has a very, very deep-seated relationship with Tim Howard and Landon Donovan. Everton, the Toffees, under him, was like a, a, was like a, a, a America-friendly. And Tim Howard has said, I would die for that man. So, you know, David Moyes comes in. Maybe Tim Howard becomes a goalkeeper coach. Uh, you know, David mm. Moyes has connections here. Uh, I would, and he gets, We could do worse than huh. David Moyes. We could do worse than David Moyes. All right. And David Moyes. Yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess, uh, uh, I guess I, I, um, yeah, I feel my, my anti English bias welling up. (laughs) But uh, what what Bundesliga coach would you choose to be the Thomas Reis? Well, he's in Schalke now. (laughs) (laughs) Thomas Reis should get every job. Um, How about this? Yeah. How about Thomas Tuchel to the U.S. men's national team? That'd be wild. I mean, I think he's good. I think I don't think he'd do it. Why would he? No, it's a huge pay but, cut, uh, and he probably wouldn't uh, leave Europe. He'd stay in Europe. I I can't see him. I I can't see him wanting to do it. And it's a weird. But why not? I mean, I think. Uh, yeah, I think I think. I like, you know, I like the 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 Greg Berhalter types. I like the younger, energetic, sort of uh, um, 
And who is that now, Jim Curtin? Yeah, a little bit, much? little nerdy. I mean, Curtin, I think right? Jim Curtin would be great. I think the the problem, the problem, the potential problem, which a lot of that is with the fan base, but maybe some of it also with the players is like status thing. You know, like you need the you need the coach. Maybe you maybe you need the there coach who has some who has some international pedigree. There was that report, right, from somewhere. What was it from the Athletic or something? Well, there was some player who leaked that in the next four years, some of the European base guys are going to have a problem taking orders from an MLS coach or something along those lines. Maybe not that hard. Yeah, I mean, I think that's like, probably, I think that's probably a little overstated. I think you know you have to, like in any team, you always have to earn earn the respect of the players, and it doesn't ultimately doesn't really matter what your where you played or what. But I think maybe a little bit of that, you know, like you could see this. In NYC, with NYCFC, when you have somebody like Patrick Vieira coming, you know, people just stand up a little straighter. Like there's a, there's a different, yeah. there's definitely a different. Uh, um, uh, Would Patrick Vieira be a good U.S. Men's National Team coach? Do you think? Yeah, he'd be great too. But he's not gonna, he's not available either. He's, we would leave Crystal Palace to. Well, again, so let's say, let's say that we wait till the summer and Crystal Palace and him part ways for mutual consent over the summertime. And he's available. We offered the contract. Yeah, it's I, I, yeah, I guess I, I, I think he'd be great. Also, yeah, but I don't think he would want to do it either. I mean, I don't would wouldn't think that he would be a candidate. But yeah, that that'd be a good that'd be a good choice. Um, I think you know Jesse Marsh would be good if um, a lot of people are clamoring for that. But to be when, honest, I want him to stick it out in Europe. I, I mean, if I had to put money I mean, on it, he might yeah, be available. Yeah, he's not gonna. He would. We'll yeah. see how that we'll see how that goes. They just got a point in Newcastle. I don't know. Thankfully, but um, uh, yeah, I mean, I definitely, I think Jim Curtin would also be great with that little question mark. Maybe if you and, but, and it seems like if Fab if Fab says though, so, then he's probably correct in that we're looking. They're looking for somebody looking for a uh, European European of a European pedigree. I mean, certainly like. I think Jim Curtin would be good. I think Caleb Porter would not be it. Right. Um, I like Caleb Porter, but he's very hit and miss. He's been missing a lot lately. I, don't I, I was I a mean. huge fan of Jason Christ back in the day, but he's fallen hard. You know what happened <laughs> to that guy? You know Jason Christ. You were there when the fall started. Uh, uh, yeah. I, you know. But I mean, you can see, you can see the. Uh, you ever see that movie? The movie about NYCFC's first season. Win, ironically, ironically called, ironically called win. It's interesting. I mean, it's uh, um, you know, it's not like a, it's not a, a great, it's not a great film because it doesn't have a story really. It's like it follows the first season and it was just sort of lackluster and right. Uh, uh, so there's no like triumphant ending or anything like that. But it is sort of an interesting behind the scenes look, and certainly you can see how things went poorly for Jason Christ. Like, um, like, was it his fault or was it his circumstance? Like you just, circumstance, you, you, right? it's, it, it's just kind of, um, uh, he, he's just having a hard, he just had a hard time like communicating with the vias and the lamparts and the, these like sort of international types. Yeah, I know who he is. And, this is great uh, video. um, well, it's not just about. I mean, it's partly about status, but it's also it's also just about like he just had a heart, you know. Like there's a scene 
um, uh, where he's talking with David Villa through a translator, and it's just like it's just not happening. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> and uh, uh, yeah, so, so even I think, literally communicating. Which is oh no, literally. No, I mean literally, yeah, literally but then also, of course, you know, like it's also yeah. There's there's. But also, it's always, it's speak Spanish. How do you play in MLS and not speak Spanish? It's like almost unnecessary. But uh, there's this great documentary. Speak uh, in your. Have you seen the Cosmos documentary Once in a Lifetime? Oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good documentary. But there's a scene with Eddie Fermani, who's this right, you right. know one of those local small guys. One of those ra- NASL in the old days was full of randos. When na- anyone who had an accent could get a job at the NASL. So Eddie Fermani is the coach of the New York Cosmos. And he goes to Franz Beckenbauer and he's just like, what was it? He's like, Giorgio wants the ball in front of him. You do those nice passes, pass it so it lands in front of his feet or something like that. And Franz, to Franz Beckenbauer. <laughs> and Franz Beckenbauer just nodding. He's like, yeah, I, I try. I try. Because <laughs> Franz Beckenbauer is very polite. I'm sure there's mine. He's just like, you fucking idiot. I was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Of course I'm trying to pass in front of that's what I do all day. Oh, so you mean not behind the, the direction he's going? Oh. <laughs> also, Giorgio Canalia can wait an extra second. And great, you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. just like, I love it. So to me, that's like Jason Christ going to David Villa to be like, remember, you're going to be up top. There are some the cring- goals for us. Yeah. There are some cringy. There are some some cringy moments like that. I'd actually, I'm, I'm, I would like to rewatch that actually. But yeah, Great so Jason Christ, Jason Christ is not the, it's not the answer. Um, well, so so here we go. That's what I was gonna say. I'm hesitant with Jesse Marsh, because Jesse Marsh is the American, uh, and Greg Berhalter is trying to be this. There's an era of what do they call like personality coaches, you know, like Jorgen Klopp and Pep are like primo. Everyone's trying to be Jorgen or Pep, right? It's the my Antonio Conte, the like the the era of the personality coaches where it's like their style, like an auteur. And Jesse Marsh is like the American version of that. Jesse Marsh puts a stamp on his teams of how he plays, right? It's a Jesse Marsh coach. It's it's high speed Red Bull. You can score three goals against us as long as we score four goals against you. Style of play. And that suits the club game really well. But I've never seen that suit the national team game much ever. You know, have you? Usually the national team game. The high intensity. Yeah. Just just the extreme tactics and style. It's like I really think you just need a man manager. And I think these four years with Greg has made that clear. It's like I'm glad we did Greg. You said Greg did fine. But I would love a change. Over the next four years, I'd rather have a coach uh, who sort of gets out of the way of the tactics and just as a man manager, kind of like Bruce was in his best days, and just puts players, sets them up to succeed. Didier Deschamps. You want Didier Deschamps. Perhaps, yeah, uh, Didier Deschamps or something like that. And Jim yeah, Curtin, I, mean, I think, was a better I, shout at that. I, uh, yeah, I guess... Yeah, I guess I would like a little more ambition than that. I think the the um, you know Didier Deschamps can can get away with that because he has the most incredible squad right. in the history right. of soccer to choose from. 
so he can just like, oh, if things are not working, he just subs out five people and then <laughs> let you figure it out. That's five more work. And yeah. uh, uh, so I don't know. I don't know if that's uh, yeah. I mean, it's. Listen, but what was Didier Deschamps' strategy? What was um, uh, Lionel Scaloni's I think, strategy? I think overall we saw we definitely saw a little less pressing uh, in this World Cup of these than than we do on the on average. I would say than we do at the club level. You know, in terms of intensity and and uh, because you so, can't like what was Argentina's strategy? They won the World Cup. What was their strategy? Describe how they played. Well, they have Messi. That's also that also helps. But they and were very no. Like but they were. Uh, um, no, but they had. It was. It was. Uh, they were just a cohesive unit. You know, like a lot of national teams, it's hard to get them to play together, and so then sometimes uh, you're just relying on individuals. But Argentina was very. They played together very well. They had each other's. You know, they were, were playing for each other. I mean, and their setup was simple. It's not like. But I mean, it's not like I think that's also overstated. This idea of the system, Greg Burrell, you know, being so complicated or like people couldn't figure it out. Like I don't know. There's always you always need some kind of a setup, right? You're not just gonna. I mean, I guess Klinsman would do that, or or the the Klinsmans and the Deschamps of the world. They're just like, go out and go hard, do your best, you know, do it hard. like do it hard. <laughs> run hard and 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 like I'm sure that there is some of that. I mean, I'm. I yeah I don't know I I'd like I like a little more ambition a little more uh, creativity. This doesn't have to be at the expense of the players. I mean yeah, yeah I you mean, know who's going to bring that ambition? David Moyes. <laughs> yeah. going to come out of this haggis. He's going to give it. We'll see. We'll see. Somewhere. I mean, yeah. Let's 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 see who it's going to be. I guess I yeah. We'll 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 follow it. We'll follow it with interest. Going back to the movie talk, and there's Schutzer Boys, with uh, Cosmos documentary. Great documentary. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. Beautiful documentary. Once in a lifetime, yeah. And David Hershey, who was a big part of that documentary, uh, this segues to another topic I want to talk about. I'll say that for a second. But have you ever seen a 2014 German World Cup movie, like them winning the World Cup? That's like a German movie. I forgot what it's called. No. It's, like, it's not a good movie, I was going to say. It's like fluffy, and we have just a bunch of highlights. It was bad, but but the but the 2006 movie where we didn't win, Ein Sommermärchen, that was a much better. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You ever yeah, see I that one? That. that was good. Yeah, yeah, that, that was great. It's funny how 2014 was a better tournament for us versus 2006, but the 2006 movie was just a much better movie. So because you mentioned the whole win document at NYCFC, you know, some are hit and miss, but. They can yeah. be made well, like the Cosmos dog. Oh, for sure. Cosmos it's ex- well. yeah, no, it's it's it can be. Because two thousand six, was... we had Khan versus Lehman. They had the whole like the, the renovation. They had Clins. Like well, also the whole the country, the country. You know, it was just an exciting uh, hosting time. It. The right. the yeah, it was they were the hosts and Mayako no, it's true. Involved. Yeah, those are those are interesting. I would uh, I would rewatch both of those. Yeah, the twenty fourteen. That was that was a fun that was a fun tournament. Those were good days. Maybe now, we'll them again. Do you know you know that show uh uh on Amazon All or Nothing? You know where they Yeah, didn't they where do... they they always pick out they 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 did Man City at some point. They did buy mention this uh, year, right? Well, they did apparently they did uh, the German national team during the World Cup. 
this past summer yeah this past, really so we're gonna see that next we're year? gonna see that i guess the, <laughs> the the premise of that was like oh this is the the, the team gonna redeem itself after redeem a team it did not happen I so i don't well, I look know. forward to seeing that i'm not sure what they're even gonna make out of this but that's apparently come that's apparently coming out so I think we'll there was a Biomission one. Didn't they just do Biomission? It was Dortmund. No, it was Dortmund at some point. I think they Dortmund, Dortmund was the they German. did season two of Dortmund, which I saw, which was fine. Uh, I don't remember them doing Bayern. I thought it was... Just, uh, uh, well, anyway, now they knows? did the... <laughs> what I will say is we live in a time of really great soccer content. On on, oh, yeah. on, on, on Netflix, there's the Figo Affair, a great documentary uh maradona in mexico is such a great freaking series you haven't seen that watch that follows diego maradona coaching sinaloa in, in mexico uh, a lot of great soccer content just a behind the scenes soccer content available these days it's so much fun and the dortmund stuff's good and i can't wait to see this german national team stuff but going back to the cosmos documentary david hershey wrote a really 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 great in-depth i'm a big u.s soccer nerd as you know bjorn yeah, And David Hershey, who's like one of my sources, wrote this really long and detailed article about Pele coming to America because he was there. Mm. And it's on ESPN FC. I highly recommend reading it. It's like a little bit of a mini book. It's like mm. an essay about Pele's first press conference at the 21 Club in New York. Do it's you a have great a, read. That sounds good. Do you have yeah. a Pele documentary to recommend? I was wondering. Well, I want to talk about Pele for a bit. Let's so, go. so rest in peace. Yeah, the, the greatest Pele uh, uh, passed away uh, on Netflix. The Pele documentary Netflix is really great. It, yeah. it follows his time as a soccer star in relation to the Brazilian military regime at the time, which mm-hmm. I didn't know much about. Uh, uh, Pele, as everyone knows, is a soccer super idol. But a lot of people forget that when he was coming up in Brazil, Brazil was in this weird South America in general caught fascism. When World War II ended, fascism ended in Europe, but it did not end in South America. It sort of caught legs in South America. Mm-hmm. And a lot of South America led into fascist dictatorships all over the country, all over the continent, excuse me. Um, I couldn't tell you how many, but a lot of South American countries were being ruled by a military dictatorship, including Brazil. And so Pele was this national icon, and he kept having a balance his relationship with the military dictatorship versus the people and things like mm. that. And the documentary dives into that a little bit. It's quite inter- It's very interesting. Um, the other cool thing about Pele is most of the shit he did is untelevised because he did his entire career in a tiny club in Brazil in Santos. Yeah. There's unheard of today. Of yeah. And, you know, in, in Brazilian media at that time was pretty hit or miss. You know, this would have been the fifties and the sixties late 50s throughout most of the 60s you know a lot of that stuff was on radio or a lot of footage is lost so like his prime years most people's exposure to Pele is just at the world cups really um they have they didn't see a lot of his club work and it's uh, uh, so it's very understate like i think sometimes he gets an unfair rap when people are like oh, i don't know maybe Maradona was better or maybe messi is better it's like nah not to me Pele is the king he's oh hey he's the king to me because he did it before everybody else. Yeah, there's uh, and there's there's definitely uh yeah, especially now that you know there were a lot of tributes on Twitter and there there is that there there are those people who are like, well, 
you couldn't probably couldn't get a starting job in League One these days. And I mean, you know, just be quiet. Like that's yeah, but that's also the wrong, not like it's a different time. It's, that's it's not a how very that different time. And he and uh. he uh I mean, look it up, though. Look it up if yeah. you have any questions. Look up what he... I mean, obviously, it's apples and oranges. The system, the whole system was different. Um, but it also, you know, people were like, oh, he was in the Brazilian League. The Brazilian League was pro perhaps the top league back then. At that then. time, yeah. All At the World time, Cup winners this played was before, oh. This was before... Yeah, this was before... Uh, the Premier League before the Bundesliga. The Bundesliga, I guess, at some point, the Bundesliga came around during. The Bundesliga career, was in 1963. 1963, yeah. Right. So Brazil had two World Cups. Pele already had two World Cups at that at that point. Time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's not, and you know, he played a lot of friendlies. So his goal, people are like his goal tally is inflated, and sure. I mean, it's not the same thing, obviously, but he. Yeah, he is the he is the king, and he continues to be the king. And um, if but he's you one look, of those, he's one of those right. freak of natures. Like it's not like he comes from a training program. He's just a really poor kid. His his mom, I think, was a cleaning lady to a richer family, and he played without shoes on. I think that's where Pele, his nickname, comes from because he's barefooted. He was barefooted because he couldn't afford shoes, uh, and he just liked to play. And then in 1950, when Brazil lost the World Cup. He saw his father crying. He was nine years old. And he was like, don't worry about it, Dad. I'll win. I'll win the World Cup for you. Don't worry about it. Eight years later, a little 17-year-old kid goes to Sweden. Uh, uh, a 17-year-old kid from Brazil, a kid of color, goes to freaking Gothenburg, you know? And he just destroys each and every single one of them. He's like, this is how this works. Boom, bing, bomb. And destroys at 17, you know? who, who Who's ever done that? That's a freak of nature doing that. Uh, and then in 1970, he did it again when people thought maybe he was a little past his prime. He's like, past my prime. You know? Oh, yeah? And then he was part of the 1970 Brazilian World Cup squad, which is considered by many to be the best World Cup team of all time uh, with Carlos Alberto and, and Vava and Rivellino and all those guys. Uh, you know, like um, the dude was always a legend. And then when he was 11 months retired and fat, some guy from New York called him. And he went to New York at 34, and he invented American soccer. He's the reason. He's the reason this all exists. He's the reason I'm here. He's the reason this is here. He's the reason you're an NYCFC fan. Like, like without him, all that didn't exist. The impetus that would never have happened. NASL probably would have folded by 1975, and American soccer would have been way deader than it's ever been. And, and there likely would never have been a U.S. World Cup or an MLS after that. That, that, you know, he was pretty important, let's say. So because of that and because of the time he lived in uh, and because of his off-field behavior, like when has he ever been a whiner? When has he ever been a diva? When has anyone ever said a bad thing about Pele? You know, yes. Pele was always good to go. He was always a nice dude. He went everywhere. He was very positive. Like when he died, there was this picture of him with his a, a white suit with an American flag tie holding Whitney Houston's hand running with her at the World Cup opening ceremonies. <laughs> and I was just like, that's Pele, man. It's just a big old world of love and positivity. And uh, Neymar had this great tribute to him where he's like, before Pele, 10 was just a number and soccer was just some sport. He's like, Pele made 10 important and took the so soccer, took the sport of soccer and turned it into something else. And he's right. He's very much correct, I think. Well, well said. Well said. Yeah.
Do you want another trivia? You know, I love giving you trivia. This is not <laughs> American never, trivia. This is there, will I ever will I ever know an answer to one of your questions? Maybe today, gonna, maybe maybe this yeah. will be the year for me. You're never gonna know the answer to this. But it's so funny because it's very schnitzel. Uh, you know, this is a very German Brazilian trivia question. So think German, you think this. Before Pele, long time ago, in the 30s, the first Brazilian superstar was named this. Who was the first Brazilian superstar before Pele? Who was Brazil's first soccer superstar? Hansen. <laughs> Close. You're just naming some random German name. <laughs> Nah, nah. He, he, his name is, get this, Artur Friedenreich. Oh. Brazil's first great soccer star was a guy named Artur Friedenreich. Was he, he, he was a Nazi refugee? He was a Nazi colonel <laughs> who, no, I'm joking. I don't know. He, he was, he was a, I think he's even Austrian. He's a lot of Austrians and Brazilians moved to South America. So I think he's an Austrian-born Brazilian or German-born Brazilian. I should maybe look this up. But mm. he was a Brazilian native, born and raised, or he was, he's Brazilian. He played for the Brazilian national team, and he scored like a million goals from them, and he led them to a third-place finish in the 1938 World Cup, which is the first time Brazil sort of showed up. That was the first time Brazil had like a national team that actually could compete. And that was uh, – Brazil will call it oh, – Descoberta do Brasil, the discovery of Brazil. That was okay. Brazil's first World Cup. Because before then, it was all Argentina and Uruguay. Brazil wasn't a, wasn't a thing. Brazil showed up a little bit later. Mm-hmm. And uh, Arthur Friedenreich was the leader before little Pele oh, came and took all over. Right. Another trivia question. That I didn't know. I guess in no. that sense, 2023 is going to be a lot like 2022. I got another one for you. Oh, here we this, go. This you should know. Maybe. All right. So Pele, quote-unquote, won three World Cups, right? Mm-hmm. 58, 62, and 70. Mm-hmm. However, he wasn't really involved in 62. As, as I don't know if you know about that. He got injured. And he, yeah. he only played like one game or something. And in Brazil, or in the world of football, it is said that Diego Maradona single-handedly won the World Cup in 1986. This other player single-handedly won the World Cup in 1962 as well for Brazil. And in Brazil, people often debate between this person and Pele being the greatest player of all time, as opposed to elsewhere where they debate between Maradona and Pele. In Brazil, the, the, the debate is between Blank and Pele. Who do you think is better, Blank or Pele? Who was oh, Blank? Pele is uh, better. You think you're you're talking about Garin? How do you say his name? Garincha? Yo, you got it. Garincha. You got Garincha. it. Garincha. All right. Garincha. The other Brazilian legend at that time mm-hmm. uh, who died young. Uh, he was a man who loved alcohol. He was a huge old raging alcoholic. Uh, he had rickets. He was born with severe rickets. So he had really effed up legs, all contributing to his legend. And he was Brazil's best player and essentially won that World Cup by himself. Gahincha, the legend of Gahincha, mm-hmm. he died shortly thereafter. But uh, so, yeah, another little trivia. So before Pele was Friedenreich and during Pele was Gahincha. All right. Thanks. Thank you for giving me one that I knew. Yeah, you got it. 50%. Well done. (laughs) All right. Rest in peace, Pele. Yeah. 
Well, do you have any thoughts of Pele? Franz Beckenbauer just tweeted I thought, a nice thing. Uh, his I thought and... I thought what you said was great. I got I got annoyed. Uh, I got annoyed by the people who who you know. I mean, it's just tiresome to have you know these debates. Even like, who is the best? Is this the best? Is the best? Um, but speaking of people who are not the best. What I enjoyed this week was uh, uh, reading these articles about how Ronaldo almost came to Sporting Kansas City. Have you read? Have you read? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the quote was like something about like Kansas City fits the right mold. And as, and as a joke, as a joke, I wrote in the comments on Facebook. I'm just like, it was a typo. They meant a Sporting Kansas City smells like mold. I mean, I would have loved for that to be. What if it happened, Bjorn? What a wild, uh, what a what a wild alternate universe. (laughs) He's Tam. Um, He's not even a DP. What if he went to Sporting Kansas City as Tam? And we're like, man, have the mighty fallen? I mean, Peter Vermees, Peter Vermees coaching Ronaldo. (laughs) I mean, I would pay for that. I would pay money to see that. Um, but in Saudi Arabia, he's making three and a half million dollars a week. You know. Sporting but, Kansas City, how much would he have made? He would have made like like what is three and a half million dollars a week? That's it's one hundred fifty million. I mean, it really a lot seems, of money. It, it really seems like he, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I mean, this is basically the end, right? We're never. I mean, I'm not. I'm not gonna. Saudi Arabia means bye bye. Means I don't have to hear about him ever again because a who watches Saudi Arabia, b who reports on it. I mean, how many players, like when Stefan Effenberg played in Qatar, did I, I didn't see any of those games. I never heard about that before. No. You know, like it, Saudi Arabia is where you go. Like it's probably good for him to increase his exposure in the Middle East. Well, I mean, the I Middle East think, is closed to us. We don't hear anything about it. So. I think they have ambitions, you know, of hosting the World Cup and all those things. But uh, yeah, as of, as of, yeah, we'll see. Well, I mean, he's going to Saudi Arabia. Messi win the Messi wins the World Cup. So alternate uh, alternate paths. Alternate paths. I'll try to make sure as Messi makes his way to Miami pretty soon. That's what I want to see. Uh, we'll see. Yeah, I think that could happen. Him loved around uh, stadium stadium and Columbus Crew and starting every game with his face in his hands and walking around the field doing this the whole time. I mean. Messi, Messi, in Miami, Messi in Miami, and Ronaldo in at, at SKC, amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, we're gonna. There's gonna be a lot of right. This is the season. The preseason starts in a few weeks. This is gonna be transfers, transfers galore, right? NYCFC is where there's still question marks over a lot of. We could be losing seven of our starters in the Philly game. I think I said that previously and it seems nothing has changed there's uh maxi morales is officially gone i mean what a what a champ that guy just an absolute the nycfc messi maxi morales (laughs) i mean you know it's it's a little uh uh, feels a little you know we're talking about pele and messi and maxi morales not quite not quite on that same level but for but, your uh, needs but in my in my in my world he is he's uh, uh, has, a, has as big a place in my heart as uh, as both of those guys and uh, yeah Tinnerholm is gone we still haven't heard anything about Sean Johnson we heard a little bit about Alex Collins supposedly they're still uh, f- negotiating and so that he still could come back I think Santi Rodriguez is gone which 
I don't how know. Old it has, is, how old is Collins? He's 28, 30, I think. Pay the man. Well, here's the thing. Right? No, here's pay the, the thing. The problem is, yes, I I agree with you maybe, except we gave a DP contract to Tiago Martins, another center back. There's no... Yeah, but doesn't he suck? Sell Tiago Martins. Wasn't he a little bit of a flop? He wrong? was okay. I mean, you know, it's his first year. Usually people get better in year two. Right. I mean, it usually takes it takes a year to adjust. He had he had right. some right. moments. He started very poorly. He had some he had some I mean he basically lost us that uh the Champions League semifinal. Um and he had some he yeah, he had some poor games. Uh but he was pretty solid towards the end. He th- I think he's gonna be good. But I don't think we just get rid of him. He has a contract. I don't know. That's not usually how it works. And and so it's hard to imagine having two DP center backs. And this ain't 1960s Brazil. This is 2022 Brazil. <laughs> so right. being a key young player from that league isn't necessarily a guarantee that you're going to hit an MLS, you know. Well, like we have I mean, that he, in Red Bulls. I mean, he was coming from Japan. He was coming from Japan, actually. Oh, then that's even worse. Because... He was playing in Japan. I don't know. It's not. It's just a. It's a cap. It's a cap issue, right? Like you don't. You we we're, we already spent big on one center back. We're not going to spend all our money on, on 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 center backs supposedly. But he. But from just his perspective, the, just do the thing all the other clubs do. Pay him a hundred thousand dollars a year, and the, but and then, then say when you go the, on to Late Show with David Letterman, we'll give you ten million dollars in appearance yeah. or something. If, if, the, if this could be. If this could happen, uh, then then we had this trade out of left field, which I'm hoping is perhaps related. Where Haber Haber went to Seattle. Oh yeah, I saw that. That was. I thought Haber was going to retire or something. That was completely wild. Why would he retire? You know who else Seattle's taking, and this might be in preparation. There's there's very very strong rumors for a while now that Seattle's about to sign my Aaron Long. They're about to take Mm -hmm. my Aaron Long from me, Mullet McGee. Uh, which is weird because from what I understand, Seattle already has pretty settled center backs. So I don't know, maybe for competition or something. But Seattle, especially with Eber, Seattle has had no competitive games. I don't think they've even had any training games. And they play in the FIFA Club World Cup yeah, in a month, right? Cup, or something? Club World Cup, yeah. Soon. They have to go to Morocco. So is it Morocco? They have to go to Morocco in a month mm-hmm. and play. And I'm rooting for them because I, I'm excited to finally see an MLS club at the FIFA Club World Cup again forever. I don't think I've ever seen that. You know, I'm That's really excited. So go Seattle, but they don't look, especially with the second half of last season. I don't know. We'll see what's going on with Seattle. I mean, Haber's going to be good for them. It doesn't have to be their number, their main striker. The <coughs> oh, excuse me, I'm starting too now. Are you, are you um, catching caught it from me? I'm catching your cold. <laughs> How is that possible? Through the internet. It. This is a great um, program. <laughs> this stream yard, man, is next level. <laughs> Tell you, you get out illness. <laughs> Wild. So, uh, um, <laughs> uh, Amber, they might have just said Amber, Amber yeah. for the tournament. It he was is, done. They're like, all right, you're he done. Have to, you know, Rui, they have Rui Diaz, so he's going to come off the bench or be, be the okay. You know, Rui Diaz misses a lot of time, he gets hurt. And, I think he's going to be great for them. People were like, there were some Seattle people on Twitter expressing disappointment. I'm like, send him back. You don't want him. Like he's been he's been awesome. He, I mean, he had he's injury. a perfect off the bench. He impact, had injury so, issues. Yeah. He was in 2019. He was the he was 
he was he had an MVP level season almost like he right. was incredible uh, uh, when he first arrived and then he had a, he had a big injury and he but even when he came back he was mostly a backup to Tati Castellanos but then when Tati left he kept scoring he kept he kept uh, uh, scoring at a good clip. I think he's a great he's a great signing for them. It's and and if the rebuild is on anyway, I guess it was also uh, it was also time for for us to let him go. But I'm hoping that this is maybe the the gam the gam we needed to to put into Alex Collins's pocket. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I think that I think the Collins the Collins uh, Johnson it's going to make the difference between if they both not come back, then it's a total rebuild. If they both come back. The defense is mostly intact. So, well, on the other side of the river, we're good to go. All right, brace yourselves. You got okay. everything. We, you, you got everything you need. We signed Kurt Corey Burke for Philadelphia <laughs> Union. So, everybody, watch out. That's done. Such that's all we need. Fuck, we're man. done. I'm, Our I'm off done season making, is complete. So, I'm done making fun of Corey Burke because he really hurt us this year. Repeatedly. What I will say, even though I'm joking, half joking, the reality is he's a great signing. And he, we should have had him a year ago. He's, He's exactly the kind of dude we we're supposed to. I mean, to get I made summer. fun of him. I made fun of him a lot because he, you know, he usually came off the bench with him. He looks like he can barely walk. Like he's got this sort of stork-like. He's, he's a guy, he, yeah. that we need, which is just like a twenty-nine-year-old MLS experienced Veteran. player who's decent, like especially for number nine, because like our only options forever were Patrick Klimala or Tom Barlow. It's like neither of those worked. We had Brian White, who was great off the bench, but you freaking got rid of him. Uh, uh, and and now we're getting uh, Corey Burke, and we're about to, I think, finish signing Loyaoyos Manuel from Brazil, who we had for us mm. for a bit last year. Okay. I think he's about to move permanent. He's also kind of like your Thiago Martins theory. You know, he was mixed maybe last year, but time of last with the pace and the speed in the New Jersey, you got to figure all that out first and so now we have season two of Manuel coming up. So that's two new number nine options All we right. have for the next year. Yeah, we got we got nobody. I don't think. I mean, I hope we're I hope we're not hoping for Talis Magna to be the nine. I think he's better on the wing. And uh, yeah, we need big signings. We don't have really any. We we need a nine and a ten. We don't have really any Maxi. I think Santiago Rodriguez was Maxi's backup, and him yeah, not Maxi coming back. We need a Moxie and a Tati. And then we need a backup Moxie and a backup Tati. So um, look at those from your The other thing is the New York Red Bulls signed a 17-year-old from the same town Tyler Adams is from. I'm excited about that. That's what I want to see. I want to see who the new kids are. You know what I mean? Well, we drafted we drafted uh, Malcolm Johnson, Alistair's brother. Oh, where from where? Remember? From what college? Yeah. I don't remember. Rutgers or something? We draft our top draft pick was a goalkeeper, I think. Hmm. <laughs> so shows you how much we, you know. I, I guess they had a reason why they drafted they drafted, but you know, like yeah, the transfer trans transfer rumors have been sparse. I think we're signing an eighteen-year-old right back uh, from China, Slovenia, Slovenia, oh, yeah. Slovakia. He has a, he has sort of an, an Eastern European sounding name that I can't remember. It's not official. This Yugoslavia. is just a, 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 a no. <laughs> um, so that's the only name I've heard kicked around. And 
<laughs> so how about this? Yeah. What if I go to the Camp Cupcake gigs and it's just like all the MLS managers sitting in the in the stadium and when the game was over, just run to the field and start offering contracts to the guys they like from the team. Yeah. Just to be like, but stay here. Be, play for us. Be that many, there's not going to be a lot of offensive quality there to, to sign. I think you could find some good defenders there, but not to, yeah. Saint well, Louis we'll see. I mean, it's it's, uh, it's going to be exciting. It's a little sad, and it's also exciting at the same time. So we'll see. St. Louis, got, that's this really exciting offseason because they've been building for a long time yep. under Lutz Fahnenstiel. They had a lot of, you know, they've had some weird signings. They spent all their money on a Swiss goalkeeper. On a year. Yeah. And, uh, let's see. They just dra- they have a, they just brought in a whole bunch. They brought Nicholas Giacchini, Indiana Vasilev, which I like. Uh, Jared Stroud, former New York Red Bull, not terrible. Um, and then uh, Tim Parker, also former New York Red Bull. You know, they brought some decent, decent uh, experience folks, but then a lot of unprovens. So they have a German player named Max Schneider. Uh, and they have Edvard Leuven, of course. Wasn't he formerly from Bochum or Maron? From Bochum, yeah, yeah. From Bochum. Oh, you're right. And then their Brazilian DP's name is Klaus, just to keep the Germanness going. Uh, you know, they have the Swiss keeper. So, you know, I'm very curious about St. Louis City SC. Uh, you know, Klaus was signed from Hoffenheim, uh, old Lutz's old stopping grounds. So, you know, seems like this is kind of like New York Red Bulls, just a bunch of European obscurers, a couple MLS decent guys. Bradley Carnell is a good Red Bull coach. He's, you know, former Red Bull coach. I think they're going with the old budget, high press, chaos ball philosophy. And we're curious how it'll work for them in their first season. See if Roman Berkey was worth all that money. <laughs> yeah, that'll be yeah. interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, not these transfers are also, it's sometimes hard in January for MLS clubs to sign people, right? Like, doesn't yeah. always, there's not always many, a lot of availability. And often, they're not often quick to arrive i'm bracing myself for nycfc to be pretty for things to be pretty dire until at least the summer it's also very interesting because the world cup just finished shouldn't there be sort of a cash grab or or like 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 if i'm an mls club shouldn't i've been scouting the world cup and maybe finding who's low or or who's who's on a expired contract i mean i'm assuming there's a lot of I'm assuming there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes that we're now going to start hearing about, but I often have thought that. And then sometimes it takes until late February last, you know, last year and the year before it was like late February, March that we signed people like, I don't know. It's not always, it doesn't always work that way. So patience, I guess patience is, uh, is, is the name of the game. And we could have, we could face our first significant down year. That is a possibility. Yeah, same. You know, with Red Bulls, it's that thing where it's like, you know, we'll see what we'll see what happens. Maybe we'll do the thing where we make our way into the playoffs again. We just don't have the depth of firepower to get past the conference semifinals. You know, we'll see. We'll see. I don't know. Maybe Corey Burke will have been the missing piece of our success puzzle. <laughs> One can hope. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, there's rumors that Carlos Coronel is going to Austria, or so I think. Lask Lintz wants him. And mm. I'll tell you, Kernel is a great goalkeeper. I he like, I like yeah. Kernel a lot. And I would love to keep him. 
Uh, I really hope we get our hands on. Just like I hope he kept Aaron Long. It's a shame he, in addition to Seattle, he's linked to Miami. Apparently, he's linked to Mexico, and apparently, he's also linked to get this England and Saudi Arabia. Aaron Long has also been linked to Saudi Arabia. It's going to be Ronaldo's pal. What if he goes to El Nasser? That might be. be If I'm Aaron Long, right? How old is he? 29, 30, 31? Uh, You know, and I was on the bench of the World Cup, and I'm not getting any younger. And I have this $3 million a week contract. I mean, not that's not much, but it's probably plenty. Big money contract in Saudi Arabia. Maybe I'd go, right? Uh, For an adventure. Why not? Make a lot of money, have an adventure, figure it out. It's not like it's not like you're pissing anything away. Say goodbye to your national team career, which is probably over anyway. Maybe I was gonna say, yeah. Like, did he does he have much of a future national team career moving forward? I don't think so. With all these new young center backs that Chris are getting healthier, coming up the pike. I don't. I think. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's uh, it's always a question, right? Like you get the. I mean, he's wanted to go to Europe. For a com- for competitive reasons, right? He does. He's not. I guess that's sort but of. So, the but here you go. But at this point, his offers are for. They don't say the prem. They say from England. Right, so right, imagine right. it's a championship club. A couple championship clubs are interested. Maybe Swansea or something. I don't know. Who's, who's had links to Americans before? Yeah, so you think, would, a, would I go to Swansea for a championship that's contract? A, that's a that's a grind. Yeah, for sure. But or do I go to El Nasser for a million dollars a month? And there's absolutely no competition there. And I'm taller than everybody, so I'd be fine. I don't know. Which one would you do? <laughs> Aaron Long's a tall dude. I don't know. Uh, a Saudi club hires him. Everybody's short in Saudi Cristiano Arabia. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. We have a solution to Cristiano Ronaldo. Aaron Long. He needs somebody to defend. Yeah. They need to, somebody's got to play defense on that team. <laughs> if I'm Aaron Long's agent, I'm like, go Middle East, my friend. Go to Saudi Arabia. You were just in Qatar. I you guess it depends like, on yeah. yeah, it depends on what you want from of life. I don't know. I don't think. I mean, I would. Where would avoid. you rather go? I uh, would avoid Cardiff, living in the Seattle or Riyadh. What are your? If you had to pick between the three, See, Seattle is five hundred thousand dollars a year. Cardiff is nine hundred thousand dollars a year, and a Riyadh is a million dollars a month, twelve million dollars a year. I guess. I'll Where go would to, you go? I guess I'll go to Cardiff then. <laughs> really okay all right I'm, i don't know i just... would i don't think uh i i don't know i don't uh, i would avoid the middle eastern oil money if i could i don't i think i don't know all right good man you're a good man <laughs> go to the... but remember you're 30 and your career like your national career is kind of over with you did I mean... your mls Million dollars a year is also good. How much money does does one need? You know, it's. I mean, it's twelve times that in Saudi Arabia. In my fictitious scenario, well, in your fictitious, you don't know that that inflation. They're not. They're not paying anyone. They're not paying everybody Ronaldo's salary. But but I'm sure um, foreigners get a chunk. Aaron of Long doesn't get point. endorsement. Doesn't get the same endorsement deals as. as Ronaldo's but but in a league like that, like I think in Korea and Japan. They only have a couple foreign slots, and those guys get the big bucks. So it won't be Cristiano Ronaldo money, but it'll probably be some pretty sweet money. More than MLS is willing to pay, I'm sure. So let's assume it's a million dollars a month, which is what it was 20 years ago. But that's 20 years ago. Uh, so now I'm assuming that's just chump change for them now. You know, let's pretend that's what's going on. We'll see. We'll see what Aaron decides. I would choose Saudi Arabia in a heartbeat. 
And I would just so I could save money and come back and buy the biggest mansion in New Jersey and the biggest Ferrari, just could be like, good, I'm done. I'll just live off this and coast <laughs> rest of my life. I don't have to teach junior soccer clinics in Hoboken. I can, uh, <laughs> but he doesn't have to do that any either in either scenario. Maybe he does. I would be a bad agent. I'd be like, you're only two years until you start teaching the, soccer clinics in the, Hoboken. Yeah, take the money, um, man. <laughs> <laughs> I want my 10%. You go over there. Yeah. All right, Mussolini. Man. Mussolini is <laughs> looking for a team where to play on his yacht for his entertainment. He plays. Oh, 100%. He pays five million a year. Yeah, let's do it. In the early nineties, the entire Colombian soccer scene was funded by the drug lords, and they would ship in those players for the I mean, weekend for happens. fun private it games. Happens. But I'm I all think about those. That. I would. I yeah. I guess we just yeah. I just uh, I would avoid those situations when possible myself. I get flown into the oil fields. Gianni Infantino sitting there. Salt Bay is there cutting his beef next to him or whatever. And they're just throwing dollar bills at us on the field while we're playing. Salt, salt, throwing salt at you. And how he cuts. For the podcast, we're doing weird rhythmic cuts. I love the FIFA's going to conduct an internal investigation on how he got on the field. And then like a minute later on Twitter, it's just a footage of him cutting steak and Gianni Infantino being like, you're the best. I love you. You're our best friends with me. Like, okay, I think we're uh, all trying. It's that... uh... Yeah. It's that uh, it's that meme with uh, um, uh, you know I think you should leave right with the guy in the yeah. hot dog suit. Say we're all yeah. trying to find the guy who did this. <laughs> I, yeah, to put your Hercule. I got my Beno, Beno Blanc, Benoit Blanc hat on. We're all, we're all yeah. trying to figure out who. <laughs> I wonder how that happened. going. How did this? You, how could this? Do you guys have any leads? Uh, let us know because that's anybody, a big mystery. We're all, I mean, yeah. yeah. All right. Have we done it? I think we did it. We did a New Year's episode. We didn't even talk about Dinner for One. Oh, Dinner for One, right. The name of the episode is a German New Year's tradition of an English sketch. Yeah, it's an English sketch every year. I mean, there's not not, not that much to say about it. Look it up. Dinner for One. It's funny. Google it, yo. Uh, All right, everybody. It's been Shitsa Boys. We're back. New year, new league. We got Leagues Cup. We got uh, uh, Seattle and Morocco. Apple. All the games on Apple. All the games on Apple. We got, uh, uh, you know, Fox's new linear deal. You know, so much fun. When the Sega starts up again. When the Sega starts up again in a couple weeks at some point. We'll see what's going on over there. Uh, All right. Tschüss. Tschüss.